I'm Nicola Dean and this is Safeguarding Matters with the Ancraft Trust. Hi, I'm here today with my Act Safeguarding in Sport colleagues, Lisa Curtis, Joanne Pell, Ruth Ingram and Kimberly Walsh. We are going to be talking about the very exciting Act Safer Cultures Safer Sport campaign. So Lisa is going to start the session. She's going to be starting talking about um, what we mean by an organisational culture, because we hear that phrase quite a lot about, oh, we've got to get a safer culture. But what does it really mean? How do we measure it? How do we see it? How will we know when it's a safer culture? Um, Ruth's going to be exploring why values are crucial to a safer culture and what sort of values might people be aiming for. Joanne, she's going to be talking about the three L's of the Safer Culture campaign. And Kimberly is going to tell us all about the campaign and what to look out for over the next year. And we're going to be end, ending the podcast with a very motivating discussion of the difference that you can make. Sometimes we can think, well, it's too big a mountain to climb. Well, actually, it's got to start somewhere and it starts with you doing something. So sit back and enjoy the podcast. So Lisa Curtis is the Deputy CEO in ACT. Um, and I think you're going to tell us, Lisa, about what is an organisational culture and why is it important? Yes. Hi, Nicola. So in, in terms of a safer culture, when I think about safer cultures, I automatically start to think about things which would support that, which would um, which would go hand in hand. And I always think when I think about safeguarding, it starts with having good conversations. So when I start to think about safer cultures, I start to think about um, organise organisations of, of any nature having those um, conversations, having those honest discussions about where they feel they are at now, because to be honest, I think that's the only way to, to find out. And in the first instance, I think we need to be um, as well raising awareness of what this positive and healthy safeguarding culture looks like in practice. And I think this is where the conversations really lend themselves so that we start to sort of um, see and feel and hear what people's experiences are I think we need to look at and, and think about the behaviours that would indicate if a healthy safeguarding culture exists in the first place. And when we actually turn our attention to thinking about those, again, this is where the conversations can come in handy to sort of have that honest discussion. Um, when I'm talking about these discussions as well, I mean, across organisations and specifically leaders have a role in communicating the values, the norms, the behaviours. And, and this is this this needs to happen at all, all levels. When we see failures, I think it's because these conversations, they haven't been maintained. Um, there hasn't been that level of um, steer. So leaders need to look beyond compliance, beyond the tick boxes, beyond complying to things just for funders. And they need to make a plan to facilitate how they're going to have these open and honest discussions to really take this forward. So it's not enough to be compliant. You've got to have the culture that matches that. So we want to encourage people to think about the key areas that they need to continue to talk about and to develop. So when we talk about culture change, it's through conversations and having those com conversations helps us to get deeper into that area of work and, and the culture that we really need to continue to develop. 
Oh, that's really helpful. So it's not a tick box compliance culture. It's moving on to looking at how we develop it. How do we live and breathe the values? How do we live and breathe what the organisation's about? That's that's exactly right. I, I always encourage people to look beyond compliance because then that's when we know we're really embedding the, the, those uh, values, those um, behaviours which are acceptable and which ultimately become kind of self-governing as, as well, that, you know, you, you become less reliant on, on the tick box system, the more confident you, you become in people understanding and appreciating your, your values, the acceptable behaviours. And, and people then are really in a position to sort of um, call out poor practice themselves because they feel confident in recognising it. So it takes us back to a key element of um, this campaign, which is raising awareness. Because if you if you feel confident in in what the um, in what safeguarding is in terms of what a safer practice is in in understanding culture more, then you can you can call poor practice out. Very good, thank you. So I think now, um, Ruth, you're going to talk about um, the sort of values that organisations have. And you're uh, similar to me, a safeguarding adults in sport manager for Wales. Um, so, yeah, you're going to talk about these sort of values organisations should have. Yes, I think it's, it's interesting to try and talk about this, because if you look in the leadership handbooks and so forth, you, you end up having lists that are very similar to each other about what values all good organisations should have. So I think it kind of makes sense, really, to think about it more from a personal point of view. And um, one of the um, one of the exercises we do in some of the act safeguarding training is um, we um, often right at the very beginning of the training, we imagine that um, people have won a a cruise um, a surprise to go on a cruise and it's starting the very next day and the exercises people go into small groups and they talk about what would help them feel safe um, if they were on a cruise um, and people sometimes I challenge people by saying um, I'm a sailor and I, um, I am a skipper of a yacht but um, you know I challenge people by, by also saying that I'm going to be the captain of the ship so people talk about whether the captain actually knows what she's doing or not um, they talk about health and safety and compliance with lifeboat regulations and at the moment they talk about compliance with Covid regulations they kind of think you know the, the sort of tick boxy, boxy things that Lisa's talking about, but whether you know, they actually see those. But actually, loads of people say they'll feel safe if they have their friends and family with them. So then I ask, well, do your friends and family know anything about driving a cruise ship? And they go, no. And you think, well, why? And I ask, why? Why do people feel safe? Um, and people say, well, it's because these people know me. It's because I can trust that they'll listen. It's because I can trust that they can see me. It's because I can trust that they know that I don't eat steak pie. And if we have steak pie on the menu three times, um, I'm going to be starting to feel a little bit hungry and agitated. You know, it's, the, it's, it's the detail of the knowing. And I guess for an organisation, the real challenge, and I think sports organisations in, in particular here we're talking about, it's, it's, it's being able to create a place where everyone feels safe. And that can't be that everybody is known in that amount of detail, but it's about the um, it's about the culture being such in which everybody's welcome and everybody is welcome, whatever our foibles, whatever our tics, whatever our um, 
whatever our culture, if our culture is one that's completely unknown to other people in the organisation, that that's not a barrier, that that's actually something that's welcomed and not in a... Um, a patronizing way oh it's so lovely that you've come and we you know you're a very special person um but they actually what we have to say from our own perspective becomes part of the organization as well um so that and i'll, I'll go back to food again but so that my vegetarian cooking becomes part of the regular um, events that we have if we're having you know shared suppers or we're going on trips and, and you know like different sports have different events don't they um but that everybody is is welcome and I think that's one of the key things that's really important it's about when we talk about equality um you know there are some tangible things that we know we can measure in impact assessments and all the rest of it but the basis of it is is that every person is listened to as themselves and that their full self is 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 brought in really welcomed into the organization and that you know that goes for people being able to set what activities they want to take part in having that equal opportunity whatever their um, ability seems to be compared with everybody else that they still get to do the thing that's important for them um and and yes that we that that we um, it's more than tolerate, isn't it, that we actually welcome each other's diversity. Um, and to me, that's the fundamentals of a value system. And, and all the other words really kind of get built on, on top of that. Kimberly, you're the Safeguarding Adults in Sport Manager as well. And you've been heading up the um, new sport campaign where at ACT we've been trying to get these values, get this idea of a safer culture into sport so tell us about it please hi so yeah the the new sports campaign is called safer culture safer sport um, it's a campaign for sport and activity organizations to create safer cultures um, where really the welfare safety and well-being um, of everybody involved in the sport and the organization is at the heart of values and actions so we know that you know if there's an environment where it's unhealthy culture or a toxic culture you know that can increase the risk of abuse and impacts welfare safety and well-being so we really it's about working together to really create environments where these cultures don't exist um and they're, they're challenged so it's a it's a three-year plan the first year that will and um, the first part of it that we're launching now is this hashtag campaign about raising awareness and um, starting discussions facilitate discussions and shared learning um, and we will support with resources and um, podcasts and some guidance and, it, and it's about trying to get everybody involved um, get discussions going um, and really try and embed those positive safe cultures in sport. Safer culture, safer sport. I'm now going to speak to Joanne. Joanne, you're another Safeguarding Adults in Sport Manager with ACT and I think you've been really keen to um, be able to explain what people should be doing because it all sounds very nice and we've heard about values, we've heard about what is culture, um, but can you just explain in ways that we could do something about it? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think when we talked about it, again, about creating a safe culture is about, and, and it's about how we can put that across to organizations and, and sport clubs about 
what they can do to make sure that they have a safe culture. So, so we looked at organizations must listen to their participants and athletes. They must educate their staff and volunteers, and they must govern with adequate safeguarding procedures. So when we looked at it, sort of the, the foundations of creating a safe culture, we've broken it down, and this is going to be threaded throughout the campaign as to the, the, the three um, foundations of creating a safe, safe culture, which is listen, learn, and lead. So in terms of listening, the importance is around listening to participants and athletes. And I'm talking about really listening, actively listening, showing that you're listening and taking seriously what somebody is saying. Um, and a safe and healthy, uh, healthy culture is an environment where everyone is confident to speak up. Everyone says, I can say this, I feel confident to say this, I'm not happy with this, or I think this needs to change. Um, and knowing that their concerns are welcomed, they're listened to, and that they're addressed properly. So the focus on, on the listen part of it is on participants and athletes particularly. So I think organizations in terms of actions need to look at ways to hear everyone's voice. How do you hear your athletes and participants' voice? Do you do group surveys? Do you have participant groups or regular athlete participation forums? So that's the first pillar, which is the, the listening to the actual participants um, and, and athletes. The, the second foundation is learning. Um, and that sort of leads on from listening, so ensuring what to do. So if you're listening to somebody and they're telling you something, they've got some concerns. So what actions is to be taken after you've listened to somebody? Um, so a safe and healthy culture is where everyone knows how to respond to concerns, who to go to with concerns, how and where to report or refer concerns within their own organization or community group. Um, so again, it, and it's also about having the relevant policy and procedures in place, but as Lisa said right at the beginning of this, it's more than just having the relevant policy and procedures, it's knowing how to access them, understanding them, um, and, uh, and, and actually knowing what they actually mean. So it's encouraging continuous learning and reflection at all levels. So it's just wider than responding to concerns. It's knowing what makes a healthy culture. Um, and um, looking at uh, well-being, mental health, um, and enjoyment of sport and activity. What, what, why are people there? They're there because they want to be there and they enjoy it. So it's about learning about that. So this bit of it is focusing on sort of the staff and volunteers. So some of the actions that um, organizations can look at include training, e-learning courses, attending relevant conferences, seminars, workshops, listening to others, listening to other safeguarding leads, um, listening to participants and athletes. And then the third foundation, as I said, is leading. So we've got listen, learning, and third one is leading. And the focus here is really on governance and accountability. And it's leading through positive actions and values, which Ruth talked about. Um, so ensuring that boards, trustee members are leading a safe culture from the top and they're embedding it from the top down throughout. And it's about being accountable for that. Um, and it's empowering everyone with the confidence and knowledge to challenge and instigate change to create safer cultures knowing that they will be heard, they will be listened to, and they will be supported by management and boards and trustees at that higher level so that they know what they say is going to be listened to. So the actions around this for organisations include 
completing the app safeguarding and sports framework um, for NGBs and active partnerships, looking at checklists, making sure that the governance and their actions are in place, but making sure that that lead is there and that people are leading that from, from top down um, and identifying um, safeguarding champions on boards. So there's a lot there that we'll, we'll be talking about throughout the campaign, but those are really the three pillars of creating a safe culture in terms of listening, learning and leading. Thanks, Joanne. Um, I think we'll all be dreaming of listening, learning and leading after that, but thank you, that's really clear. I know this is something that's really important to you, Lisa, is about measuring. So how do we know that we're doing it? How, how do we know that we're creating a safer culture? How do we know that our campaign is working? What, what do you think we're going to be seeing? Yeah, um, I, to, to me, Nicola, I think it's it's where we can see an impact. Um, I, I think that is that is really important. And I, I think w with some of the things that Joanne was just saying, you would expect it to see an impact. But again, we want to go beyond just the, the compliance aspects of that, the bit that really provides um, that builds on that, that provides meaning to people um, understanding a deeper kind of um, accountability and ownership. Um, anything that really empowers people who who attend the sport or who run run sessions, um, and I think one of the things that that Ruth was saying when she was talking about values was it was about that kind of feeling in control of the situation yourself. So I'm hoping that some of these kind of issues will come out in the in the information or stories that people are telling us. So the people who are coming on board with this campaign who are committing to reviewing their, their systems, to having discussions, to doing all the things that we've already spoke about. I think that is where we will see some of the really good stories coming out. And we want to share those stories as well, because ultimately, um, when we're thinking about all of this put together, it is about organisational learning. And if we've got um, a, a culture that supports organisational learning, uh, we can really embrace change. And if we're embracing change, we're embracing those um, changes in behaviours that, that we want as well. And I think as well, I think one thing to add towards the end as well, it is about people working together and organisations working together. Um, because we can learn internally, we can also learn externally as well from the, the stories that we're hearing and the stories from survivors, um, the information that we're getting coming in through um reports etc so it's really important that we connect um one of the some of the things that we've said as part of this it is about raising awareness it is about engagement and it is about connecting it's not about working in silos so some of the things we're hoping to do as part of this is to facilitate learning as well is is to be running um forums um where like-minded people can come together and, and talk and, and feel that they can talk about the challenges as well in, in, in a supportive environment, but also share to share what they, you know, the changes that they've made or the changes that they've seen that have benefited um, the, the club or the organisation. Um, so, yeah, it's very much sort of as the campaign builds, we're hoping that through the commitment that people are showing, there'll be more and more examples of this, more motivational stories, more people being included, more people feeling safe, because it, it, it's a whole picture when we're looking at what creates a safer environment. It's all of these things put together. And I think we've got a shift, definitely in sport and activity, 
into that way of thinking and we've had reviews recently looking at how some organisations have tried to pretend that things weren't happening and so what you're saying is you turn it into something positive is learn from it learn from what's happened and and move on and you know create a safer culture Um, so Kimberly what's our call to action what are we asking sport and activity organisations to do? So we're asking everyone to get involved in the campaign, which is launching on the 17th of May. So next week, the campaign starts. So we're asking people to sign up to the Safer Culture, Safer Sport campaign commitment. So we're asking organisations to commit to reviewing and improving their cultures to build a safer environment for everyone. We want everyone to join in discussions and be part of a podcast with us. We're going to have seminars throughout the year, sharing stories and learning, just like Lisa was saying. We really want everybody to get involved in it and, you know, share the campaign with people's contacts or any subscribers they might have, um, their members, um, and share your stories about how you're listening, how you're learning and how you're leading. And then, um, yeah, just like Lisa said, lots of shared learning. So it's really... Um, to get involved, join the conversation online with the hashtag Safer Culture, Safer Sport, um, and then we can start doing some shared learning and making um, ways to start improving culture in sport and activity. Oh, it sounds exciting. Um, so any final thoughts? Anybody got anything that we haven't covered that you want to say? Oh, looks like Lisa, you've thought of something. I just just to um, finish, really, I think that to me, it's quite it's um, a really needed shifting focus and it almost feels like a celebration, really. So rather than people thinking, oh, it's something else I've got to do, it's a chance to really it's a chance to really um, show the things that you're doing that makes a difference, the things that get people included in sport, the motivational stories. But all of this adds up to this culture that people want to belong to um supported by the um safer cultures the 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 the, um attending a place where you know that you feel welcomed included that you feel safe that you can speak out um so i i'm looking at it as something that we can uh, celebrate and a chance for people to commit and showcase and it might be that people know that they've got work to do in this area and that that is a really good place to be in as much as that you know because if you know you can start to do something about it and you can start to have those conversations so I wouldn't want anybody to be sort of put off by it because you don't have to have anything ready you don't have to have done anything it's about coming on this this sort of journey with us to sort of have these conversations and 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 start to sort of sort of shift our focus a bit oh that's great I think Ruth, you you sometimes talk about a movement or a just sort of a shift. We're coming together. Can you say anything about that? I suppose I I just think of things like the butterfly flapping on the other their wings on the other side of the Amazon. But it, I, I you know I started this in this role um, you know in in January and I sort of joined the journey as it were at that point. Um, and what I really noticed in sport was it feels like things are about to happen around safeguarding. We've had all of these reports come. People are talking about culture and safeguarding. 
but we haven't quite solidified what it really means yet. And I think that this is a real chance to do that. And, um, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people you know, grasp at some of this in the training we've done, um, especially the level three training with the safeguarding leads. And I'm just really looking forward to it, to to seeing different organisations grasp this and make some real changes so that we can really get a real diversity of people involved in sports and that you know the all the brilliant things about sport become something that that everybody can 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 profit from can. Um, can prosper in yeah that's, that's what I'd like to see yeah it feels a really positive thing doesn't it Joanne it feels like we've got a, a shift and a everybody's wanting things to change absolutely and I think I mean sometimes I think people might think oh this culture has been embedded for a long time and no matter what I say or no matter what I do that's not going to make a difference it will make a difference. Don't think that way. Just speak up. Just talk. Just start the discussions, and just just go from there. And and, and don't feel that I, I can't say anything. I don't know what to do because it has been sometimes a long time when you've been in that culture. But speaking up and saying you can, you can make a difference, and you can speak up and you can say something. And this is what we're saying. We're going to give you the platform to do that, and we're going to give you the resources to do that. And speak up, and you can make a difference. Ah, oh, sounds good. I think the other bit I'd echo about that, Joanne, is that, is that people um, can link together, and then they won't be on their own. Because I think that's one of the scariest things about trying to challenge an embedded culture is that feeling that you're the only one, and you don't find out until you speak up. Um, but chances are you're not, um, and we can so we can link you to other people who are also trying to make a change in in their sporting venue or their sporting organisation. Absolutely. Thank you, and Kimberly. Is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, I was just going to add that I think you know everybody's got to just remember everyone's part of the culture, so it's not always down to someone else. You know, everybody can yeah. play their part, and it can be quite overwhelming and feel like a massive thing to try and sort of change some really strongly embedded things. So it's just that start small, just like John said, pick little things, make little differences, but just remember that actually it's not somebody else's responsibility to make changes, improve things. It's everybody's. So everybody, remember the hashtag, safer culture, safer sport. Remember the L's. Listen, learn and lead. And join us on Twitter, social media, Facebook, um, get in touch with us, um, sign up to the pledge on the website. Um, but yeah, this is a start. Thank you for listening. If you want to know more about our work, check out our website, ancrafttrust.org, and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Ancraft Trust. <laughs>